0: I'm Jason McClellan. Thanks for hanging out with me. We talked about a historical UFO sighting on the previous episode of unknown. That incident was seen by a couple people. UFO sightings observed by many witnesses are typically the best, most noteworthy cases as the additional witness testimony provides corroborating evidence. Thousands of UFO sightings are reported each year in the United States alone. Although most sightings are not mass sightings, there are several high-quality cases involving many credible witnesses, and some of these mass sightings paint the best picture showing the mysterious reality of UFOs. Today, we're talking about one such sighting that occurred in 1976 in the Canary Islands. In the mid-1990s, philanthropist Lawrence Rockefeller financed a report that provided an overview of major UFO events and the evidence surrounding the UFO phenomenon. This report was intended to educate government officials about UFOs, and as such, it was sent to the White House and members of Congress. This report, titled Unidentified Flying Objects Briefing Document, The Best Available Evidence, was drafted by Don Berliner, an aviation journalist and longtime ufologist. UFO journalist Antonio Huneus and Marie Galbraith, the wife of investment banker Evan Galbraith, who was ambassador to France during the Reagan administration, Republican candidate for New York governor in 1994, and chairman of William Buckley's political magazine National Review, also participated in the formulation of this document. One of the incredible cases presented in the UFO briefing document is a mass UFO sighting that took place in the Canary Islands. According to newspaper headlines, thousands of residents of the Spanish Canary Islands, which are located just off the northwest coast of Africa, observed an unidentified luminous phenomenon on the night of June 22, 1976. The event was reported by witnesses on at least three different islands, the Spanish Air Force thoroughly investigated the incident. And although the files associated with this investigation were declassified in 1994, they had already been leaked back in 1976. For whatever reason, the classified Air Force reports were given to journalist J.J. Benitez in October 1976 by an Air Force general. Benitez included these in his book UFOs, Official Documents of the Spanish Government records indicate that the commanding general of the Spanish Air Force's Canary Islands Air Zone assigned an investigative adjutant to the case on June 25, 1976. Depositions were taken from at least 14 witnesses. The Air Force divided these witnesses into four categories, ranking them from most credible to least credible. People found to be mentally challenged, illiterate, or under the influence of drugs or alcohol, were put into the very unreliable category, while people like astronomers, pilots, and aeronautical engineers were placed in the most credible category. The sighting reports, like the witnesses, were grouped into four levels to evaluate the quality and quantity of evidence for each. The witness depositions and a review of the evidence allowed the investigative adjutant to piece together what transpired on June 22, 1976. Based on his report, the first UFO sighting of the night occurred at 9.27 p.m. The unidentified object was observed by the entire crew of the Spanish Navy vessel, the Atrevida, which at the time was located near the coast of Fuerteventura Island. According to the Atrevidas captain, he and his crew observed, quote, an intense yellowish-blue light, end quote, moving from the island shore toward the ship. They initially assumed the object was an aircraft with active landing lights, but the UFO stopped and hovered in the sky. The captain further described, quote, the original light went out and a luminous beam from it began to rotate. It remained like this for approximately two minutes. Then an intense great halo of yellowish and bluish light developed and remained in the same position for 40 minutes, even though the original phenomenon was no longer visible, end quote. Minutes after this halo of light appeared, the captain detailed, quote, the light split into two parts, the smaller part being beneath, In the center of the luminous halo, where a blue cloud appeared, and the part from which the bluish nucleus had come, vanished. The upper part began to climb in a spiral, rapid and irregular, and finally vanished. None of these movements affected the initial circular halo in any way, which remained just the same the whole time. Its glow lighting up parts of the land and the ocean, from which we could deduce that the phenomenon was not very far away from us, but was close, end quote. The ship's first officer echoed the captain's statements, and the officers also confirmed that the ship's surface radar detected nothing at the time of the sighting. The depositions provided by naval officers were considered to be some of the most credible testimony regarding the UFO sighting. The deposition of a physician, however was among the more strange accounts collected during the investigation. Dr. Francisco Padrón León was in a taxi on his way to see a patient in the town of Las Rosas, on Tenerife, the largest of the Canary Islands. He explains that when he had almost arrived at his destination, the taxi's lights hit a luminous sphere hovering motionless just off the ground. He described that the sphere was electric blue in color and constructed of a, quote, "...transparent and crystalline-like material," end quote. He estimated that the UFO had a radius of approximately 100 feet, and inside the sphere, Dr. Padron saw a platform that looked like it was made of metal and what appeared to be three control consoles. He also claims he saw two tall humanoid figures inside the sphere which he estimated were between eight and a half to 10 feet tall. They wore brilliant red outfits and some type of headgear. When the taxi arrived at the patient's home, Dr. Padron continued watching the sphere. He described, quote, Then I observed that some kind of bluish smoke was coming out from a semi-transparent central tube in the sphere, covering the periphery of the sphere's interior without leaking outside at any moment. And the sphere began to grow and grow until it became huge, like a 20-story house. But the platform and the crew remained the same size. It rose slowly and majestically, and it seems I heard a very tenuous whistling, End quote. The doctor raced into the patient's house to inform the residents about the mysterious sphere. Everyone came outside to see the object that had ascended high into the sky. The UFO quickly accelerated, shooting away at an incredible speed. The doctor described that it, quote, dissolved into a bluish spindle shape with red underneath, end quote. And similar to the description provided by the Navy officers, Dr. Padron says, quote, a brilliant white halo was formed close to the object, which, bit by bit, was forming another very brilliant blue halo. Although bizarre, the doctor's testimony was corroborated by the taxi driver as well as by witnesses at the patient's house. But the investigative adjutant reportedly still debated whether he should accept the doctor's deposition. It was his belief that these witnesses to the humanoid figures in the sphere "...facing the presence of an unusual phenomenon in the sky narrated what their minds made them see, mutually influencing each other, end quote. He went on to say in the records that he, quote, doesn't have the slightest doubt about their seriousness and sincerity. They told what they unquestionably believed to have seen, end quote. It's interesting to note that there are other reports from the 1970s of sphere-like objects containing occupants. In 1970, a boy in East Aurora, New York, reportedly witnessed a silent yellowish sphere moving slowly through the sky, and according to his report, he clearly saw two occupants at the craft's control panel. In 1973, a witness in Manchester, New Hampshire, reported seeing an orange and gold globe that was, quote, not totally opaque, but had a peculiar translucent quality about it, end quote she claimed that she saw a humanoid figure standing at the controls of this UFO. In 1978, a witness in San Antonio, Texas, reported seeing a strange, globular, amber-colored object with a transparent section through which the witness claims to have seen two creatures. In addition to the Canary Islands' witness depositions, the Air Force file related to this case contains more than 100 pages of questionnaires, illustrations, and and other documents. The file also includes a color photograph of the UFO that was taken by a tourist. According to the lab where this photo was developed, quote, no trickery or modification of any kind was added, end quote. Following the investigation, and after reviewing all the available information, the investigative adjutant, concluded that there was no aerial traffic or military exercises at the time of the incident that could account for the phenomenon, and that what witnesses observed on June 22, 1976, was, indeed, an unidentified aerial phenomenon. Similar phenomena were witnessed in the Canary Islands around the same time period. One of these other sightings occurred in November of 1976, and was witnessed by the commanding general of the Spanish Air Force's Canary Islands air zone while aboard a transport aircraft. Interestingly, a large halo also accompanied this sighting. Personnel at an airbase on the island of Gran Canaria and the crew of a Spanish Navy ship also witnessed this phenomenon. The investigative adjutant assigned to the November 1976 sighting in the Canary Islands concluded that, after looking at... All of the similar cases around the islands from that time period, quote, We should have to think seriously of the necessity of considering the possibility of accepting the hypothesis that a craft of unknown origin, propelled by an equally unknown energy, is moving freely over the skies in the Canaries. citizens. That's going to do it for this episode. You can find more episodes of Unknown on all the major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you're notified when we publish new episodes. And leave a positive review of the show if you feel so inclined. You can always find the show at RoguePlanet.tv because Unknown is a Rogue Planet production. RoguePlanet.tv is your home for all the strange. And if you ever find yourself having difficulty locating unknown on a podcast platform, the unknown page on the website has links to most of them. If you don't see the link to your favorite place for podcasts, reach out to me and I'll be happy to find it for you. Give thanks to our talented friend and fellow rogue planeteer Caleb Hanks for the show's intro and outro music. Check out all his work at theclerkchronicles.com. Thanks again for hanging out with me today. I'm Jason McClellan. Do us a favor, friends. Always treat the UFO subject with the cautious and responsible skepticism it deserves. Question everything. Have the courage to form your own opinions. Keep truth as the focus of your quest, even if the truth conflicts with your opinions. And, of course, stay strange.